The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP, John Paz. And with us today is a very special tag team partner of mine, Mr. DKO himself, Derek O'Reilly. Derek, how are you doing today, sir? Not too bad, JP. How are you doing? Doing very good. And we have a very distinguished, legendary guest with us today. He is the podfather, the star maker, the legend himself, Mr. Kenny Boland. Kenny, how are you doing today? I'm doing it. You forgot. Uh, well, no, you got it in. You got Star Maker in there, didn't you? Yes. Right yes. All right. What yes. about the king? Did you get that in? No, no. The king. king of, the king of managers. You see the crowns back there. Yes. The king of managers. Kind of self-explanatory. Yes. yes. Been a busy day today. I just dropped $425 at the DMV paying taxes on three cars today. Damn near four, but I got out of the fourth one. So I'm in a mood. This ought to be fun. What kind yeah, of mood are you guys in today? Doing pretty good. And you got the doggies running around too. Well, is, I've uh, got three dog night running around here. Choco, two cow and Scooby deuce. And, uh, I didn't cage Scooby today. So God knows what's going to happen. There will be sex going on in the background. I can assure you Scooby humps everything. That moves. <laughs> so, uh, but I just left them out today. I figured if I'm boring, at least the dogs will entertain you in the background. Nice. Now DKO, why don't you, uh, start it off? I know you got a lot of questions. D- okay, DKO, so, before you start, as you know, I run every show I'm on. Uh, where are you located at? Ireland. Where? Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. So John, John, where are you located at? Asbury Park, New Jersey. The home oh, of the, ho- the home of Chris Candido. Yeah, and oh, of course, yes. Yeah, I yes. worked with Chris, and I worked with uh, uh, Sonny, uh, also from that area, and I worked with uh, the legendary, uh, hang on here, his name comes to me in a second, uh, Dennis Corluza. Oh, of course. Uh, yes. uh, Dennis uh, Dennis actually uh, got me working shows in the Louisville metro area before I started working for Danny Davis. Uh, he wanted me to fill in and manage his groups when he couldn't come to Louisville. So I started doing those IWA shows back in the mid-90s as a favor to Dennis Corlusa. And then, of course, I got out of there as quick as I could. When Dennis quit coming back, it wasn't any fun anymore. So even though I managed Salvatore Sincere and well, they eventually went on to become PG-13 and, and various others over there. Well, there was some fun had, but I had a lot more fun at Ohio Valley. DKO, you're up. What do you got? Yeah, so now we'll get us quite Now that I know where yeah. we're located at. Yes. Ireland to Asbury Park, New Jersey to Louisville, Kentucky. What a trio that is. Crazy. Absolutely. Well, it is a small world after all. It is, it is now. It is now. So, Kenny... Um, Tell me, first of all, how are the dogs getting on? 
Um, uh, they're getting it on right now, but all three of them are in my king size bed and, uh, they, they get, ang- they get angst up when I get home. Cause Scooby stays in his cage cause he can't be trusted. Uh, two cows just lays in bed and looks out the window on Cherokee road all day. And Choco comes down here and just whines and cries at everybody that goes by. So, uh, so now they got all that pent up energy and they're just going crazy. So, uh, and we'll probably continue to do so throughout the course of this show. Well, that's okay. Don't Sorry I was late, but the DMV didn't give a shit that I had a podcast. I told them they didn't give a shit uh, with COVID restrictions. You, you, know, you get up there and get everything done when you can. I was braced to pay about $125 in taxes today, and it turned out to be four and a quarter because uh, I didn't realize that transferring the new car into my name um, was so fucking expensive. So, well, not a new car, but it's new to me. So what do you do? Well, so now I got to scam somebody. So now I got to scam somebody out of four hundred and twenty-five dollars. Y'all know anybody offhand I can get? <laughs> no, not offhand. Well, I think it, I think it would only be decent of you that each of y'all donate two hundred and twelve dollars and fifty cents to the Bowen Foundation today to make up for my horrible day. I think that'd be a, that'd put me in a lot better mood already, right there. Two twelve fifty a piece. I'll look for it in my PayPal account, Kenny Bowen at MSN.com. There we go. I don't see either one of you typing. Where's my donation? Where, where's my well, going? JK, you're probably loaded, so I'll give it back to you in a couple of weeks. All right. I'll wait two weeks. I waited this long. Hey, why not? Why so, not? Ken, you have a great history as a manager. I've heard that. One of the best, Kenny. One of the most entertaining I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I am a big, big fan. I, think well, I appreciate you, that. You do a phenomenal job on the podcast too, Kenny. I, really, I know. I it's know. It's great to I, listen to, I, and your I, son I is extremely intelligent too. He's a very bright young man. He's uh, uh, too damn smart for me. I know that. Having a little bit of headphone troubles here. Uh, get, got a little short and something. There we go. I think I got it okay now. How is Chris, Kenny? Uh, doing better. Uh, he, he was having some issues there for a while that he was dealing with. Uh, and of course with Maya getting ready to go to school at Oxford over in England, uh, separation, anxiety, shit like that. Uh, but, but he's doing much better now. He, he's come a long way in the past couple of months. You know, Maya, Maya, uh, moved back home uh, on January 3rd and then going to be going to uh, Oxford for, uh, this summer. And visiting family and relatives that she hasn't seen in about seven years. So it was good for her and uh, get a little break before she starts school at Oxford. We was very proud of her for getting accepted over there. And uh, Chris hasn't been alone in seven years. So it was a bit of an adjustment for him. But uh, he's doing much better now. He's got his dad, Kenny. That's the main thing. He's got his dad. Just one floor down. Uh, Chris has the upper level and I have the lower level over here. Oh, the dogs are crazy. That's okay, Kenny. We love dogs, don't we, JT? It's a good thing because they're, 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 oh my God. It's a three way hunt fest right now. Doggies, please, two cow, you're, you're better than that. Come here. Come here, two cow. You can come up and say hi. Or two cow, two cow, come say hi. Eh, he couldn't say hi long because he got to go chase the other two dogs. Choke over here. Here they go. Oh my God. It's a circus. They <laughs> keep you very dance. busy. Got a three way dance going on behind me here. Nothing. Oh God! It's gonna. It's, now they got Scooby Pen. Oh God! Well, just we'll just do the show. Just watch the dogs if you want. So they never get you. Never get lonely, Kenny. Obviously. No, no, I don't get a chance for that. Well, Kenny, tell me, um, John Cena. A man what about that it? Many people are fascinated with for one reason or another. Yeah. When he began in um, 
It was OVW, was it? Right, right. Well, when we got him, he was uh, out west in California before we got a hold of him as the uh, prototype. He played some robot gimmick that uh, that Jimmy and myself and Danny Davis all three agreed needed to be gotten rid of when he got here, which we did. He wasn't going to be a robot anymore. But yeah, he was a robot out west. I don't know what motivated that. But that's what he was. And how, what was he like, Kenny, in the beginning? Is he like a real um, outgoing person type of is he well, he's always he's always been very outgoing but uh he also uh and and i'm sure he's told the story before uh, when he came here to ovw he discovered broadband internet and porn so uh many times we'd want him to go out to eat with us and hang out with the gang and he now he wanted to stay home and watch porn and uh, that's what he told everybody i mean he didn't hide it so uh, in the early days, I mean, we didn't get him out with us as a group all that often. Occasionally, he'd join up with us for pizza or maybe Golden Corral or something like that. But um, he didn't hang out with us as much as, say, Paul London did and Rico and Sly Turkey. And and back when I was speaking to Mike Bucci before he wished me dead over a Donald Trump bet, um, that's about three or four people that have wished me dead in the past couple of years. So maybe maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I'm just not a good, you know. Or maybe I'm too good for some people. Maybe that's part of the problem. Never know. Never know. Doesn't bother me. I'm still here. They've been predicting my death since age 39, and I'm still here. I'll be 61 in 15 days, so I'm, I'm hanging in there. You're a survivor, Kenny. I am a survivor so far. I'm a survivor until I'm not. But as of today, I am. So just keep chugging along. And Kenny, what did you what did you spot in John at first? What was the first thing that jumped out at you? The first uh, the, the ability to cut a promo on the fly. There, there's very few of us that can do that. I mean, I say very few. Obviously, there's a lot of us. Those are the ones that that make it. Uh, but it, it is really a struggle for so many people to do a promo uh, if you give them. A situation if you give them an, an inanimate object or anything like that and say cut a promo on it a lot of people can't do it um even jimmy Cornette, uh, still to this day recycles all of his old material uh he doesn't come up with a whole lot of and i i would you know a lot of people would say well you you hate jimmy now and and well yeah he did wish me dead recently um but they say you hate jimmy now you're just saying that no i've said this shit all along i called him out on his shows about it i used to get on him on his originality on his show on my show on uh, bill after's show various other shows uh jimmy is uh, got an unbelievable memory and is a master at stealing other people's ideas and and hoping nobody remembers or knows where they came from and uh, and me and my son have both given him shit about that for a long time. But when my son does it, it, it really kind of gets under his skin a little bit. But, uh, you know, um, I've always liked my ability to be given a situation and to be able to go with it. I never like rehearsing promos or matches or anything like that uh, and let the crowd dictate where you're going to go. And it was like when Bobby Heenan and I uh, did our first uh, interaction together at OVW, he was watching everybody rehearse their promos and they had their scripts that Jimmy writes them and everything. And um, he says, my guy, Ken, he says, Kenny, where's our script? We didn't get a script. I said, well, I don't, I don't use one. I said, I'm pretty sure you don't. He says, Kenny, what are we going to do tonight? I said, well, you're here, you know, you're dictating this thing. You're the leader. You got the experience. What are we going to do? Well, I'm going to go out first and I'm going to get in the ring and then you're going to come out and you're going to get in the ring and then I'm going to say something to you and then you're going to say something to me 
and I'm going to give you a gift and you're going to respond to that gift. I said, I think we got that. So that was our rehearsal for the, for the promo we did. And it was one of the better ones we'd ever done. It really, we just flowed very well together because we both knew what the other one was doing, even though we'd never worked with each other. We'd hung out with each other for a couple of days before the show, but neither of us had ever worked with each other before, but it really flowed real well. And, uh, I just, he knew what to do with what I was throwing him and I knew what to do with what he was throwing me. And it just worked out great. I even did a couple of things in that promo and in the, in the segment after it, the dogs are crazy, uh, that I'd never even done before, uh, to, to pay homage to him, to, to do something that I'd never tried before. All right, doggies, settle down before I have to get a cane, start beating dogs. We don't want to do that on camera. They might call the police. They were quiet and sleeping until the show started. And then all of a sudden, all right, well, let's go crazy. Let's embarrass, let's embarrass daddy during the show. That's why you can't have three kids. Just have one. One kid you can put in a cage. No one knows. Ask Donald Trump. He does it all the time. Caging kids. Well, poor old John Paz ain't got to ask shit yet. John, what do you got? I got something for you. Well, what's about- what about the lack of manager in today's wrestling? What do you think about that? I mean, there's not many, and there used to be, you know, they used to be the bread and butter of the business. Yeah, it used to be there'd be five on every show. Back in the old days, there was always, like, back in Memphis, you had so many great managers. You had uh, George Crybaby Cannon. Uh, God, you had Jimmy Hart, eventually Jimmy Cornette, Sam Bass, um, Sir, uh, uh, Sir Clemens, who managed the, Bron- the Von Bronners, Cashbox Kent, who managed the Bounty Hunters, Crybaby Cannon, uh, managed a few different teams, Homer Odell and the Angel. Um, God, uh, well, Homer Odell was actually the manager. Crybaby Cannon managed the Kangaroos, and then eventually Al Costello managed the Kangaroos. But so many great managers d- during that time. and um, But every, every, every tag team had a manager, the Heels. And uh, most of the heels had a manager. The manager is what got the is what got them over, and especially if their promo skills were lacking. Now it, it shocked me really that Jerry Lawler had a manager, but he didn't have a manager for promos. Sam Bass rarely ever played promo. You probably can't find thirty words Sam Bass ever said on video. Sam Bass was there to take his boot off and to hit the baby faces with it to give Lawler a cheap victory. You know, win win, win the matches, but always cheat and get your heat and. Uh, you know, we never, uh, at Bowling Services, we never gave a shit about losing. But when we won, I'll be goddamn if we wanted to do it fair, square, and straight up. I mean, if you didn't beat to win, then then what did you do for the baby faces? So, but in this day and age, uh, no one knows who the heels are. You know, sometimes everybody wants to be a heel or everybody wants to be a baby face. And nobody knows their roles and matches. I was watching a women's match. Oh, I think it was during the Royal Rumble. And I think it was Sasha, and I forgot who she was wrestling because I so rarely ever watch it. But I was told to watch the women's rumble and pay some attention to uh, Brianca uh, or Bianca or whatever her name is. And I was watching one of the matches. Uh, oh, it was with um, uh, what's her name? Becky. Be- Becky got her hair cut. What's her name? Becky. What's not Becky, but uh, who's the one that got her hair cut? Wasn't it Carmella? Wasn't it Sasha versus oh, Carmella? Oh, Yeah, Sasha and Carmella. Yeah. And and I and I couldn't tell who the heel was. But then again, I had trouble. Who who's the one that got her hair cut? And she was the big wrestling fan growing up. If you say her name, I'll Bailey. 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 I kept saying Becky. Becky. Uh, I got Becky Bayless on the mind, who never really mm-hmm. made it the big time that well. And then there's uh, Becky Lynch, the man. But uh, I guess she's still pregnant. I guess, or she had the kid by now. She had the kid. 
She had the kid. How old? How old's the kid now? I think a month or two. I well, I'm sure. I'm sure Jimmy Cornette's all tore up about that. He got a promo on her for having a kid. So told her she was blowing millions of dollars, which I believe is her business. Last I checked. Um, but no, I didn't realize she'd had the kid yet. So I guess uh, down the road. Why are my headphones right now? I'm going to try something here, guys. I'm going to take away this extension. Give me a second. At least I'll know if the short is in my headphones or in the adapter. Because I have a five-way adapter here. You know what? God damn, I just ordered this cable. And apparently the short is in the fucking headphones. Let me try another pair. Hang on. Oh, boy. If it ain't one damn thing, it's another. Good thing I'm in the headphone business. Yeah, I was going to say, are you still doing the headphone thing? Yeah, I still, you know, I got, I've always got 15 pair of headphones laying around here somewhere. So let's see what this does. You still selling them too? Yeah, apparently the short is in the headphone cable. Probably my dog chewed it, if I know. We'll, oh, we'll, I go, with, we'll go with the Diamond Tears. Uh, nice. These are $490 headphones, by the way. Oh, Dennis wow. Rodman had a black pair of these. Oh. Well, goddamn, that sounds all a little different. So uh, what did you think about that Sasha-Carmella match? What, what were you getting at? You didn't know uh, who the heel was? It seemed to be a decent match. I had trouble figuring out who the heel was. Um, this thing sounds a little different now. Maybe I got to tilt my microphone. There we go. Um, yeah, I was having trouble feeling, uh, figuring out who the goddamn heel was. Uh, it looked like both of them wanted to be the heel. So who technically was the heel? Was it, uh, was it Carmella? Yes. Okay, because Sasha kept uh, coming across as a bit of a heel, too. So I had trouble telling uh, who, who the heel was. And I'm still rechecking mic levels and all this shit. Uh, these headphones respond differently than the JBLs do. All right, does everything still sound good on your all's end? Oh, yeah, sound perfect. Crystal all, right. all right, well, as long as it sounds good on your end, that's good enough for me. But, um, yeah, Bailey is, is, is one of them. God, I mean, I'm sure she's a nice person. She, she just doesn't sell me any tickets. I, um, I look for people that give me a reason to buy a ticket. Shinsuke Nakamura, I, I would I would buy a ticket to watch Shinsuke in a main event match, uh, obviously depending on who it was against. But uh, I don't really like him in tag team matches. I think it's a waste of his talent because his psychology is second to none. Um, he did a nine minute entrance for a reason, uh, when he was at NXT is because the entrance got the match over and then he would take his time, uh, to open the match. He, he might go 15 minutes and not even touch the wrestler. And that's how Jerry Lawler used to do it. Uh, when they knew they were going to have 30 or 40 minute match, fuck, they'd go 15 minutes and never even touch each other and have the fans on the edge of their seat. And Shinsuke Nakamura is probably one of the few that knows how to work the crowd properly. And he was good at doing it as a baby face or a heel, but uh, I, I like him better as uh, I like him better as a heel, probably. And uh, God, uh, they say Roman Reigns is doing a good job. I've seen a little bit of his work. They say he's probably doing as good a heel work that's been done in, in many many years, um, and, and maybe probably since the attitude since the attitude era. There they go. There they go. Yeah, a human beings walking by a window and that, that uh, sets off the alarm. Hey, doggies. Quiet. Come here, Scooby. You going to say hi? Come here. Come here. Scooby, come here. Scooby, come up here and say hi. Come on. <laughs> come here. Scooby. Hey. Any other time he'd be. There's Scooby. Hey. Uh, March a year ago, when I got him, he was 27 pounds. Now he's 87 pounds. Just a year later. <laughs> Big boy. Growing like a weed. Still thinks he's a baby, though. Making sure my door's locked. He, he knows how to butt his head against the door and get the door to pop open and run out, so... 
always have to make sure the door is locked when he's in here. Or sometimes <laughs> the wind will just blow the damn door open. And it is a bit breezy out there today. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, it's the Asian wrestlers that enter- entertain me. Karee uh, 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 Sane wrote me back uh, 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 yesterday or today. I commented on how much I missed her being on the shows. And how much I love the um, insane elbow drop. And uh, so I heard from her. Um, well, I actually read it today. I think she wrote it yesterday. And uh, she uh, got married recently. I don't know who her husband is. I thought it should have been me, really. But uh, <laughs> it didn't work out. So I thought I had that magic spell over all Asian girls. Everybody knows I have 14 Filipino girlfriends. They all know about each other. And none of them believe the other one is my girlfriend. So nice. great gimmick if you can work it. Nice. Is she retired, Carrie Sane? Is, is, uh, have you heard anything I, about From her? what I understand, from what Chris told me yesterday, she is an ambassador with WWE now uh, in, in Japan. And uh, uh, she didn't really say if she was doing any work or not, but she still promotes herself and she still has a WWE uh, Twitter account. So uh, that would explain for her having the ambassador deal. So. She's way too young to quit, and Oscar, uh, I think it's shit. Oscar's 38 and still putting on great matches. Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to put up with the dogs. Uh, Chris is out uh, doing some runs. And Choco, come here, Choco. Choco, Choco. You're the only one that hadn't said hi yet. Come here, Kyle, you want to come out? Choco. Hitting this, this good television. Choco. Angawa. No, that didn't work. Angawa normally works. Know where I learned Ungawa from? Japan. Well, actually, I didn't learn it from there. I learned it from Tarzan movies. Oh. When, when Tarzan, back in the old days, on the old Tarzans, when Ron Ely wanted uh, wanted a tiger to do something, he'd go, Ungawa, Ungawa. And the tiger would always do what he wanted, or the monkey. So Ungawa always worked. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> but when I yell it at the dogs, they go, fuck, he's pissed about something. We better do what he says. Ungawa, Ungawa. See? See, he just looks at yeah. Yeah, hit deer in the headlights. So yeah, what were you saying he was about little, he was a little bitty dog last year, and now he takes up two sofas. So <laughs> what do you do? So what were you saying about Roman Reigns? Do you like him or you don't like him as a hero? I, I do. I do like what Roman's doing. Uh, uh, what I've seen, I I don't watch a lot of the the new stuff anymore. Scooby's got now a loud ass bone. If it wasn't bad enough, everything else he had. Um, you think I'd just be a professional and just lock the dogs up and just do the show right, but nah, the dogs are the entertainment. And uh, Chris really loves what he's doing. I haven't watched enough of it to totally judge, but what I have seen, he is doing a good job. The, the head of the table thing, that, that's kind of new. No one's really done that. So I like anything that's creative and new. That's like, like I said, that's why I always criticize Jimmy so much. It seemed like we were recycling the same shit every year, every year. How many times can guys sit at ringside and throw popcorn in the ring? You know, uh, that, that was ran every year. How many times can somebody's cake get, uh, face get rammed into a cake? That happens every fucking year. And uh, the thing I admired about how Nick Goulas and Jerry Jarrett ran their promotions is that, yeah, you can recycle a gimmick or an angle, but you do it every seven years when you have almost a totally new audience. And, yeah, you're going to have some of the old audience that's going to remember it. But the majority of your new audience has never seen that angle or, or that gimmick before. So you can recycle it and do it that way. But uh, I, I think Jimmy used them way too often. And and uh, he could handle the criticism from me, but he really couldn't handle it from my son. But my son knows way more about wrestling than I do. I just know how to entertain. Um, I'm not particularly a historian. I know what I grew up with. 
So I know that shit pretty good, but do I go back and learn about the Luthezes and and the uh, the Bob Backlands, uh, who who I guess Backland was more or less in my era, but he was up north in New York, and I was not entertained by New York wrestling. It was just big bodybuilding dinosaurs, you know, the Bob Backlands and the Bruno San Martinos and all those huge guys. The Valiant Brothers were basically a New York team who thoroughly entertained me, but that was mainly because of Handsome Jimmy. Uh, Handsome Jimmy was 80% of the entertainment out of Handsome Jimmy and Luscious Johnny. Uh, the Legionnaires, not particularly a big team. They were big in, in probably the AWA, the Chicago area. Um, God, uh, Paul Christie was a very good scientific wrestler who tried the heel thing for a little bit. Uh, Paul Christie was from up north. So I used to see my northern wrestling from uh, WTTV Channel 4 out of Indianapolis. And we would turn our antenna towards Indianapolis to watch that wrestling on Saturday nights. And then the Louisville wrestling came on either Wave 3 or WDRB Channel 41. And uh, that's where we got our Memphis wrestling. But the stuff we got was always a week old. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly a week old from Memphis. And in the Memphis card that they got on Monday night, we would get it a week later on Tuesday night. So that's how the Memphis cycle worked. And then Evansville would get it. Lexington would get it. Tupelo, Mississippi would get it. And uh, who am I leaving out? Nashville. So that was that was the circuit back then. And you'd throw in a Jonesboro, Arkansas and places like that. And then you could work seven, eight days a week. I wonder if it's hard to book back then, you know, with, with the towns getting it, not at the nope. same time. Does that make it harder? I'll, I'll tell you why it wasn't that hard to book. Because once you booked it once, you had it booked for the whole week. Oh, and rarely, rarely did they change the finish. <laughs> and, and once the internet got out and then the, the uh, as they called them, the arena rats started going town to town to town to town, it fucked all the boys up because they knew what the finishes of the matches were. They would tell you what's going to happen next in the match. They would say, well, he's going to do this next. Well, he did that last night. Next thing he's going to do is this. Well, I'm going to tell you who's going to win. And very stupidly, in my opinion, they wouldn't change the fucking finishes. Uh, I guess because to keep title runs and everything going, you had to have similar or the same finishes. But not only would they not change the finishes, they wouldn't change the finish. It would be the exact same thing that happened in every town. And uh, Jerry Lawler once got upset at me because he thought that me and Jimmy were ratting out the finishes of the matches that we were telling everybody in all the other towns because Jimmy and I sometimes would travel to the other towns. Uh, but it was actually a, a lady named Lola Johnston who was going to all the towns hooking up with the referee, Tommy Marlin. And um, he would go around and tell everybody what was going on in the matches. But we had to explain to hey, it ain't fucking us. It's your fucking referee, Tommy Marlin's girlfriend. You need to tell him to tell her to shut the fuck up. But Lawler was furious. He thought it was either me or Cornette that was doing it. And uh, both of us had too much respect for the business, even though we weren't supposed to know anything. Back in those days, you didn't act smart with the wrestlers. You didn't say, hey, that was great. That was a great finish. That was a great move. Oh, what a heel you are. You didn't say that shit to them because you didn't acknowledge it. You, you were just a fan and you acted appropriately. If you ever tried to act smart with a wrestler, they'd fucking cut you off in a heartbeat and, and eat you alive verbally. Oh, you think you fucking know everything. You think you know this business, huh? And then they'd just probably just beat the shit out of you to prove to you that you didn't know anything. But fortunately, me and Jimmy were teenagers and so nobody wanted to try that with us. But and, um, yeah, it was a whole different world back then. Whole different world. You didn't ever uh, claim that wrestling was, was not real. And you didn't ever claim that you knew more than the wrestlers did. Or you, you didn't come up with ideas. 
you know, hey, Jerry, maybe you got to try this. Or, hey, Dundee, do this. Or, hey, handsome Jimmy, did you ever think of No, you didn't fucking do that as a fan. And fans do it all the time now. Fans try to book the fucking shows. And I was just telling Chris the other day, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I said, if, if Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee or Jimmy Vine or any of the great wrestlers that Jerry Lawler wrestled, if they had ever stopped in the middle of the match and the fans all stood up and went, this is awesome, this is awesome, Jerry would have looked at them, shook his head, maybe flipped them the bird and walked back to the locker room and let Bill Dundee figure out what to do next. Because he would have figured it was Dundee's fault. <laughs> so, uh, but no, that shit would have never washed back then. There's no heel that would have ever put that over. But now they eat it. Oh, we're doing good. Oh, God, the, the goddamn, the fans love us. Let us both take a bow. We're doing so good at this prepared fucking match that we're doing that they think is real or they want to think real. Uh, but that, that's a, that was what wrestling was back then the, the suspense of belief. And, uh, and that's what, uh, me and Chris were, were talking about that yesterday is that, yeah, I knew, I knew it was a work I've known since I was probably 12 years old, but my dad would get so caught up in it. He would turn off Jerry Lawler interviews because they were making him mad. Well, that I watched the show for the fucking interviews. I didn't care that much about the matches. I wanted the promos because that's what I wanted to learn to do was tell believable promos, regardless of how true they were, how realistic they were. If, you know, what, whatever story I was going to tell you, if I told you that I beat a, a, a gorilla in the middle of the Uganda forest and I beat him one, two, three, and I tell the story of how I did it, you got to make that believable. Oh, goddamn, Kenny must have really beat that ape. Listen to the detail of that story. He, he snuck up behind that ape, took his banana away from him, shoved it down his throat, rolled him up, and pinned him one, two. He schoolboyed a fucking ape. How'd he do that? You know, so you got to make it sound real. Or believable, and Lawler was the master at that. So that's who I learned my promos from. And um, it, it's like when these fucking trolls come on the show, uh, people think I get irritated. But actually, the trolls make my day because it gives me somebody to fuck with and lets me go back into that mode of cutting a promo in a certain situation without knowing what's coming on, you know, or, or without knowing what the promo is going to be about. So the trolls really don't bother me that much. But uh, I do block them because they're they're now trying to be the show. So when they come, guys, as you all know, I always have the comments. Coming. So you all record this show. I take it this is not live, right? Right. So yeah, mine are mine are all live because I hate recording shows because I like the fan interaction, and you never know what you're going to get. And mm -hmm. there's always there's always know it alls in there, and they all think they know more than you do, and they all got a great idea, and they all want to be the center of attention from their keyboard. And, uh, but some want that attention more than others. Some are respectful about it. And then there's some who are not, or some might be a fan of somebody that I don't like or don't get, get along with. So the cornet trolls will come in there from time to time, or maybe somebody that I've fired in my past or I wanted to defend them or something like that. And, uh, but it actually can, can make the show to a degree because they get lit up because this is not what they do. They hide behind a fucking keyboard. And uh, act like they know what goes on in my business, as, uh, as some of us say. And uh, But I've done this for 32 fucking years in pro wrestling. I've done podcasting for 18 years. And I don't normally take too kindly at anybody trying to tell me how to do either one. Uh, I still to this day get people, Kenny, your podcasts are too long. You got to quit doing three-hour podcasts. You can't do two-hour podcasts. Uh, people have short attention spans. Well, I don't give a fuck. You know, watch the show until you get fucking bored with it and then go watch something else. I'm going to do the show until the fans quit donating or I'm bored. And once I'm bored and the fans are bored and you can tell it by how many fans are in the room. If you're up 50, 60, 100 people watching the show at one time, 
And most people don't watch live, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, we do these on Facebook, Periscope, and uh, Twitter, and Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, um, YouTube. And so the views get broken up. Well, Kenny, you only got 500 views. Well, you got 500 here. You got 500 on Facebook. You got 300 on on Periscope. And you might have a few more hundred watching uh, via your Twitter post. So it, it builds up. And, and over the course of a week, fuck, if you got a couple of thousand people watching what you do, um, shit, or house shows don't get that many people anymore. Um, especially independent shows and, uh, and pending what the topic is yeah. When, uh, when we were calling Cornette out on his shit, we had 35,000 views inside of five days. And, uh, so it just depends what you're doing, what you're talking about, how much, how, how much controversy do you want to stir up? And mine are mainly just question and answer shows. I'm not normally as a rule looking to start shit with anybody, but you know, that's how it goes. DKO. So a lot of talking. What's the next question? DKO. Okay, Kenny, do you think that managers are sorely lacking in today's product? Well, obviously. I mean, what do you got? You got Paul Heyman, and he doesn't even call himself a manager. He calls himself the advocate uh, for Brock Lesnar. And I don't know why they have him with Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns is totally capable of cutting a promo himself. Paul Heyman normally just sits there and shakes his head and agrees. He doesn't do much. Um, it, it'd be like having me manage John Cena in the WWE. The only reason he would need me would be for interference. Cena don't need me to cut his promos for him. He can get his own heat and he can be his own babyface. Uh, I was shocked they kept him with me in Ohio Valley. I figured once they realized how good his promos were, but him and myself and Rico and Mark Henry and uh, Sylvester Turke and and a uh, few others that all inter- inter- interacted with us, we just worked so well together. They kept us together. And we were good at putting each other over. And Cena was was the least happy with me. Let me see if that's important or not. Fairfield Inn. God damn it. They're, they're going to have to leave a message. I don't know what they want anyway. I could, tur- I could turn the bell down. So. I got like three landlines in here. And they all three have separate bell ringers because they feed phones in every room so that I always have access to a phone. But that's another one of my hotels uh, calling me. But uh, I've already booked that hotel. So. I can't imagine they're going to lay too much on me that I need. So, um, but yeah, this is normally my work time during the day. I normally book hotels uh, on any given day. Uh, what is today? Monday? Yes, yeah, sir. Monday is normally a good booking day for me. So, uh, but I got done early, but they're doing follow up with me to you know, make to see what sales reps are coming and and uh, and to make sure the room availability, how the setup's going to be. We, we book riding room shows. So I, I do that. I guess you would call it on a part-time basis. Keeps a little extra money coming in. Pay the bills. Sometimes. But Kenny, when I look at today's product, and I know you've obviously just answered the question by saying that obviously they are sorely lacking. I have found at times that even superstars I may not have had much of an interest in. Uh-huh. I would generate a small bit of interest just by who his manager is, how he speaks yeah. for him how he portrays him. So, for example, I was never a big fan of, let's say, Jack Swagger. Yeah, Jack Jack worked with me at Ohio Valley, and he definitely needed a manager. Uh, Dutch Mantel was perfect for him, even though Dutch didn't really have any previous experience doing much managing. Um, he was, uh, he was definitely good for that, the white supremacist shit and everything. As a matter of fact, Dutch Mantel claims Donald Trump stole his gimmick. Uh, cause Donald Trump was at WrestleMania when, when, uh, 
Dutch kind of launched that white supremacy gimmick, white power and all that power to the people. And Trump was there and really liked it and went up and told Dutch how much he liked what he did. And then the next thing you know, it becomes Trump's deal uh, to where he's pushing all this white supremacy shit without admitting that he's a white supremacist. As a matter of fact, the closest Trump ever came, he says, you know, everybody accuses me of being a white supremacist and white nationalist. Well, I am white and I am a nationalist. So that was his way to get over with those. And he acted like he didn't know who David Duke was. Now, you're in Ireland. My guess is you know who David Duke is. David Duke, sorry. I said, I would assume you know who David Duke is. How old are you? I'm 32. 32. You might not know. So you don't know who David Duke is? No, actually, I never heard of him before. Well, David Duke is from Louisiana and was the basically the Grand Wizard, the Grand Poobah of the KKK. When you talk about KKK, uh, David Duke is who you think of. He was the guy. He was the man. And uh, Donald Trump, who's 70-something years old, he's, what, 75, I guess. I'm 61, and if I know who David Duke is, then fucking Donald Trump knows who David Duke is. And uh, the way we did it here, the way the, the I, I didn't come up with the original idea, but I certainly agree with it. You don't have to admit you're a racist, because when the racists think you're a racist, then you're a fucking racist. So when the Proud Boys... And the, the Oath Keeper and the Nazis and the white supremacists and the white nationalists and all these fucks are supporting you. They're telling you they agree with your views. You, you are what we stand for. You are what we stand by. Well, they don't stand by me. There's no Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and Nazis and white supremacists and white nationalists watching my shows and supporting my shows and telling everybody how great Kenny Bowen is. But they'll tell you how great Donald Trump is because his... His way of thinking and his way of life is what they support. So you don't have to admit you're a white supremacist. All you got to do is see who supports you. And when it's nothing but white supremacist, racist, and white nationalist, and you know the, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and people of that ilk, they told you who you are. And if they all supported me, I'd have to say, God damn, you know, is that what I want? But there's a large portion of this country that has never uh, escaped from the Civil War. They still want slaves. They still want to, to have people pick cotton for them and do their chores for minimal pay and maximum hours. I was just watching a show about Abe Lincoln uh, last night. It was the third part, I think, of like a six-part series or something. And uh, you, you don't even know how bad slaves had it here in America. It was just absolutely horrible. They would work 20 hours a day. They had no control of their life. They started when the sun came up in the morning uh, before it was barely up and they worked de dead into the dead of night and many times worked 18, 24 hours a day. No freedom to do anything. You couldn't interact, couldn't, couldn't decide who your friends were, couldn't have any thoughts of your own, couldn't have an opinion of your own, all because they were a different color. And uh, so that, that is something that really eats at me. I, I was raised by a couple of very racist families. I grew out of that shit when I was about 11 or 12 and I got a little better each year that I got my own mind and got away from that, that mindset of thinking. And, um, that, that's just probably one of my real pet peeves uh, that, that I'm an advocate for to steal Paul Heyman's title is, uh, God, we, we all got to evolve. We got to grow up. I mean, I, I would, my, my father was a member of the KKK, uh, was one of the, one of the wizards in Norfolk, Virginia. And he, he was the reason, I mean, I saw him twice in my life. You know, I saw him when I was 19 because my mother divorced him at an early age. And then I saw him again when Christopher was two years old. He wasn't even quite two years old. 
And he never evolved. He never changed. He was always a racist. He was offended when he would see me in magazines with black, black wrestlers, black girls. And uh, he called me up one day and told me that he saw me in a, in a magazine with two N-words. And he says, you brought a great disgrace to the family. I said, and he says, why were you in that magazine with those two N-words? I said, well, Dad, we don't call them that down here. He says, well, what the hell do you call them? I said, well, we call them girls. We call them girls, Dad. He says, well, I just want you to know you're bringing great disgrace upon the family with you with your arms around those girls. And I said, well, I, I can solve that problem for you. Don't consider me a member of your family anymore. And that was it. I never spoke to him again. That was in 2008. And uh, I hadn't seen him since 1988. And that was by choice. And then I uh, hadn't seen him before then until 1979. So I was hoping he had evolved. I knew he wasn't a member of the KKK anymore because they abolished that in Virginia and um, Florida. And then he became a member of the Freemasons. Well, the Freemasons was just another form of you know, the KKK, you know, they had one black member of every club. He was the doorman and he would get special treatment, but that way they could say they weren't ready. Oh, we, we got a black doorman. You know, my father took me to a father, son blood drive in 1979. And then he explained all that to me while the KKK went away, that he was the leader of it. And, uh, but basically the Freemasons was just another version of the KKK. Now there's some people that dispute that, but good luck going in there finding you 30 black guys that are members of the Freemasons. Good luck on that one. You might find one. You might even find two. You ain't going to find 30. And that might be a membership of three or 400. There you go. There's some, there's some shit you didn't think he's going to get today. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kenny, since you went on to the... You're not a proud boy, are you? Are you a proud boy or an oath keeper? No way. I'm just making sure. All right, go ahead. Make sure I didn't offend anybody here today. <laughs> now, New Jersey, New Jersey surprises me. New Jersey uh, has a lot of Trump supporters, even though across the state in New York, unless you're in northern New York, they fucking love Trump. Anything down from northern New York, once you get to New York City and anywhere else around there, they fucking despise Trump with a passion and want to blow his hotel up. Um, but it is mainly the country folks that love Trump the people that are the least like Trump adore him because they think he's battling for them. They don't realize. And, and, and this is what cracks me up. Uh, even my boss donates to Trump. And I said, why would you be that fucking stupid? You know, he, you, you yourself think he's a multi-billionaire. We know he's not. And his taxes are about to prove that that just got confiscated by the attorney general of New York. We're about to find out what he's worth and it ain't much. And if you're a multi-billionaire, what the fuck do you need with my money? Why are you grifting? Why are you getting all these poor people, all these poor Southern people to donate to you if you are a multi-billionaire? Uh, so he's raised about $240 million off poor, poor white people that buy his shit. That, that, and, and it is a cult. You, you will never find in history where people carried flags, built statues, and devoted their loyalty to one Democratic president. You won't find one. Never has it happened. But with Trump, there's something about these people that have been... It, it's a cult. That, that's all it is. I mean, even Cornette calls his fan base the cult of Cornette. And his fan base is very much like Trump's. They believe, support, and enable him in anything that he does. So when Jimmy says racist and homophobic shit, well, his fan base eats that up, which revs up Jimmy. 
So that's why he does that shit. How much of that shit he believes, I don't know. Um, I know enough about him personally that it surprises me that he would take those views on transgenders and gays and and uh, some of the racist shit he says and homophobic shit he says. But his fan base loves it. So he's trying to appeal to his fan base. Well, that's exactly what Donald Trump does. He knows there's a lot of votes out there in these suburban country areas. If you've noticed, whenever you see the votes come in, they can't figure out how they lose because they see all this red where the country, I'll just say it because I used to be a country fuck, where all the country fucks live. Well, that map is covered in red. And then you see the little doses of blue. Well, that's where the smart, educated people live in the city and, and also blocks, Latinas and Mexicans. So when you get smart, educated people who are onto a shit and then blacks, Latinas and Mexicans who have been shit on by their politics, they're not going to get any votes. So they're losing the votes in the cities, 80 percent, 90 percent, 93 percent. And they can't figure it out. And the fans look, the, the, the Trump fans, they see these blue, little blue dots. Well, look, we got the whole country and these little blue dots are out. But well, that's where the fucking people live. You know, the state of Wyoming has 500,000 people. Uh, California has 4 million people. So what would you rather do? Win the state of California and get three out of 4 million people to vote for you or get three fourths of Wyoming, you know? Well, I won, I won the state of Wyoming. We're even, no, you're not even because you've got 3 million people in California that hate your fucking guts. And you got half of Wyoming, 500,000 people, you got half of Wyoming that hate your guts. So now you've lost half of that state, three fourths of this state. And But where the educated people are, the blacks, Mexicans, and Latinas, they're all in the inner city and the suburbs. And that's where the votes are. So, yeah, the country fucks can vote all they want. I was a country fuck. Most of my family are country fucks. Most of them are Trump supporters. I somehow evolved from the racism and the KKK shit and, and, uh, and got better as the years went on. I have family members that never evolved a day. They're just as racist and homophobic as they've ever been. And they predominantly live in the country. Uh, so I guess that's just, just the way it is. You're, you're not a country boy, are you, John? Where do you, where do you live in New Jersey? Are you near Asbury Park? You're, you're yeah. right there, right? Yep, yep. Well, that's, right. that's hard to call. Is, is, is that Trump territory? No, no. No? Not in Asbury? No. Nah, yeah. Uh, there's parts of New Jersey that is. But in course, oh, yeah. He's got a club. He's got a club there, the golf course and all that shit. Uh, but the state of New York is coming after him. The attorney general there is coming after him hard, man. Because uh, he's got 43 women that accused him of sexual assault. He's got 12 of them that have him tied up in court with it but couldn't do anything while he was president. And then the tax evasion, the tax fraud, the bank fraud, the money laundering. There's a lot of people that know a lot of shit on him. And it, it, with him not being president, they got four years to process all this shit. And they said they said the reason he's so desperately raising money is because he doesn't have the money he told everybody he had. Uh, I remember I was talking to Mark Cuban not long ago, and uh, but Stephen Colbert asked him the question. He says, do you think Donald Trump is really a billionaire? He says, oh, if I loaned him half a billion, he might be. He said, but then if he pays everything he owes and everybody he owes, he wouldn't be worth anything. He'd, he'd be in the negative dollars because he owes too many people money. And he's eventually the IRS is going to catch up with him, which is what they're in the process of doing right now. I mean, Donald Trump, uh, his first year in office paid $750 in taxes, but he claims to be a multi-billionaire. Really? 
I bet you paid more than $750 in taxes in 2016. Uh, I didn't because I'm on disability, but when I was working, I did. Uh, I never got off on a year that I only paid $750, but Trump did. And uh, they they have found 10 years in his tax records. And this is just what we know before they got these new sets of tax records, that he had 10 years that not only did he not make any money, but he lost over three billion. I'm sorry, over ten billion dollars of other people's money that had invested into him and his projects and his casinos and buildings and resorts and all that. But he is the only person in history. And I think it was ten billion. I could be whatever the amount is. He's the only one able to do it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, I think it was ten billion dollars in, in a in a in a ten year period. And the only person in the history of the world to ever do that. But people think he's got a great business mind. Well, no, when you bankrupt three casinos, you're not, you're not a fucking financial genius. Casino always wins. Always. Not with his. <laughs> so there we go. Well, got you some politics today, too. Got you some politics. Got you some KKK. Got you some racism. <laughs> what else you want? Well, I was going to say, Kenny, that uh, the Disco Inferno you know very well <laughs> i know this go very well racist yeah, well, bitch uh, as a matter of fact conan's said he was a closet proud boy now, that was straight out of conan's mouth he said disco's a closet proud boy I said, no he's not in the closet we all know he's a proud boy he, he proudly goes on twitter and, and boasts his shit but uh yeah he had a little bet with me on uh, whether trump was going to win election or not so he still owes me a show to where Disco has to come on and admit that he was wrong and that I was right. And he said he would do it, but we have not done that show yet, but it will happen soon. Well, according to him... Or I'll call him a little bitch. (laughs) According to Disco, you fall for all of the propaganda surrounding Trump, (laughs) etc. I don't have to fall for the propaganda. It's all there. He says it all. I don't have to read anything. I hate reading anyway. I've made that very public. I hate to fucking read. I only have to judge him out of what comes out of his mouth. I, I look at my screen because that's where my screen is. My camera is over here to the corner. Uh, but no, I, I don't need. And plus, I know people that know him well. I know Michael Cohen. I know his fucking attorney, his attorney. And he doesn't only tell me. He tells it all over the goddamn world. What a fucking piece of shit, crook, rapist, child molester that Donald Trump is. And uh, and all the tax uh, cheating he's done and all, all the uh, bank laundering he's done. And Cohen is now getting ready to go back to the Supreme Court again. Or I'm sorry, the grand jury again and testify to all the shit that he knows. It was it was his right hand fucking man for 10 or 12 years. I used to hate Cohen because he used to go on television trying to make Trump out to be this fucking great guy. And then when Trump turned on him and threw him under the bus, he said, holy shit, he's making me pay for all the fucking crimes he's committed. Fuck you. So now he's ratting Trump out for all the shit he's done. But no, there's no propaganda to believe. That's a great story to tell. But all you got to do is listen to what fucking comes out of his mouth and he'll tell you what he is. And when he won't denounce something, the Proud Boys stand back and stand by. Well, that ain't fucking denouncing anybody. If I tell the KKK, hey, KKK, I I appreciate your support. (laughs) We we love you. Stand back and stand by. (laughs) We might need you later. That's not denouncing the fucking KKK. And he will not denounce these people because he knows there's a lot of fucking votes there. It's all about a power struggle. And the other reason he didn't want to lose so bad this year, and he was convinced because of these fucking rallies that he does, 
And no matter where he goes, you get these fucking idol worshipers, these people that, that love this golden idol that was made of him. They'll probably rub that thing and worship it till the day it, it, it dries up. Um, he thinks that because 5,000 people or 10,000 people or even 20,000 people show up in an arena to see him, that he's like, well, see, Democrats don't do that. Democrats have never, maybe Obama was the closest, and maybe before that, maybe John F. Kennedy. Democrats just don't worship their leaders, and they call them out. Uh, if Biden fucks up, Democrats are the first ones to fucking call him out on it. Look, look at what's going on with Cuomo right now. Cuomo was a god a year ago for how he was handling COVID. Now he's got two sexual harassment charges being brought against him, hiding COVID-related deaths, shit like that, and they're eating fucking Cuomo alive. And you know what? If you're fucking guilty, get him. If he was hiding that fucking shit, if he was sexually harassing young girls, I mean, if Kenny Bolin harasses a 25-year-old girl at OVW, I'll fucking be in trouble. So you definitely don't get to do that if you're a mayor, a governor, a senator, a congressman, or a president. You don't get to fucking do that shit. Not if I can't do it as a fucking uh, manager at Ohio Valley Wrestling, because if I did it, I'd be in fucking big trouble. So, no, there's no fucking propaganda. You, there might be some shit made up on Trump, but most of the shit that's said is absolutely true. And all you got to do is fucking look it up or talk to somebody that knows him. You know, I mean, if 43 people that tell me John molested the neighbor's cat and maybe one person said you molested the cat, DKO, well, maybe DKO, you didn't molest the cat. But fucking John did if 43 people say he did it. I don't need much more than that. So, DKO, you just better fucking hope 42 more people don't claim you molested the neighbor's cat. There you go. Propaganda, my ass. You start listening to disco, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I try to listen to as little as disco as possible, especially <laughs> after a lot I, I, I actually love him as a person. We get along great. We are totally on the opposite ends of the spectrum politically. And we are two of the few that have actually gotten along through this stuff. But I call him out on his shit. And on whenever he calls me out, uh, well, where did you get that information? Oh, you saw that on CNN. Well, when you got one channel that reports one thing and they always blow the guy. And then at least the other channels, CNN, BBC, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, PBS, whoever the fucking cheddar, smart news, whoever the fucking news source is. When you got 19 news sources that give you one version and you got these one lonely fucks over here that tell the people what they want to hear and never call Trump out on anything. You will never, other than Chris Wallace um, and uh, Shepard Smith when he was at Fox, those are the only two that would call Trump out on his shit. They are news people. That's why they called him out. They're fucking news people. The rest of them, the Sean Hannity's, the Laura Ingram's, the fucker Carlson's, they're cock blowers. They blow his cock, tell him what he wants to fucking hear. Oh, well, I'll do your show. You tell me what you wanted to hear. But they called me out. They, they, they interviewed that girl that said I raped her. Well, I'm not going to do their show. Well, Fox ain't going to interview that girl because they know Trump won't do their interviews. So anytime it, you're in, and if, and if there was a channel that blew Obama like that or Clinton and they could never do any wrong, I mean, look, look, they impeached, they impeached Bill Clinton. Because he got a blowjob in the oral office. Look at all the fucking shit Trump's done. All the shit he's admitted to. The shit that he's done right in front of us. And Fox won't call him out for shit. Didn't cause the insurrection, even though he gathered the people together. 
paid for a lot of them to be there. Who the fucking pays people to come to your goddamn rallies? He had his campaign funds. They spent $50 million getting people to this fucking insurrection rally. Name the date, name the time, told them what to do, where to go, and how to do it. And everybody they've arrested, well, that's what Trump wanted me to do. Every fucking one of them. And that was before they knew that it was an actual defense. Well, you can't arrest me. The president told me to do it. So where's the fucking propaganda? When you arrest 300 people and 300 of them. Now, some of them aren't sorry for it. No, I'd do it again. You turn me loose. I'll be down here and I'll fucking axe murder and answer Pelosi tomorrow. I'll fucking hang Mike Pence tomorrow. Turn me loose. I ain't done. President wants it done. You're fake. You know. So when you're that fucking stupid and that fucking uneducated that you cannot process what's going on right before your eyes, you don't need propaganda. Propaganda is when shit's made up and you can't figure out if it's true or not. That's propaganda. Or like like what Russia does. Russia tells us the shit that they want us to hear, and then they go on Facebook and Twitter and promote it. Hang on. <laughs> I've been feeling that coming on for a while. And... um so that's propaganda is when you put out fake shit and you can't prove it's right or wrong, but because someone said it, well, it must be true. Trump says he won the election. No, he didn't. He fucking lost by nearly eight fucking million votes. He lost the electoral college by the exact same amount he beat Clinton by. Hillary wasn't thrilled about it. Hillary does think that Russia had a little something to do with it, but she never fucking denied that she lost. She conceded the next fucking day. Al Gore conceded three days later when they had the hanging chads down in Florida. You know, that's not that's not propaganda. So that's facts. That's facts. And when you ignore the facts, like Fox News has always done, and like I said, they only had two news people there. That was Shepherd's Man, John, John Cavallo, Neil Cavallo, rather. He's a news guy. He will blow Trump a little bit, but nowhere near as much as everybody else. Shepard Smith would not blow him, and they couldn't wait to get Shepard Smith out of there. They sent Mike Pompeo to Fox to get Shepard Smith fired. And Shepard says, hey, you don't want me here? Fuck. You, you don't want me to do news? Fuck you. I'll wait till somebody offers me a news job. Plus, plus Shepard Smith's gay. Uh, he wasn't really open about it, but, uh, you know, Trump and Pence, they, they can't stand fucking gay people. Mike Pence thinks you can shock the gay out of people. He was our fucking vice president. Thinks you can shock the gay out of people. That's not propaganda. He fucking said it. He's recorded saying it. Donald Trump was recorded saying, well, I wanted to play down the pandemic. I didn't want to lose any votes. I didn't want to panic everybody. I knew it was dangerous. I knew it was killing people, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to alarm everybody. Well, by not alarming everybody, people did stupid shit and 40% of this country won't wear a fucking mask. So we're never, ever going to get over this goddamn thing unless we get 80 to 90. And most people say 90, unless we get 90% of the people wearing a mask for six to eight weeks in a row, it's never going to go away because there's always somebody out there spreading it again. And the Trump rallies, uh, they, they've uh, Stanford university figured out that over uh, 1300 people died going to Trump rallies, that they would catch COVID. They would trace it back to the Trump rally, 1300 people that he basically killed. So he could blow himself and get people to chant his name and say, we love you. That's not normal behavior. There's never been a president, Republican, Democrat, or independent that was ever treated like that. But he has developed this fucking cult following, and that's what it is. You can compare it to David Koresh. They will die for David Koresh, and they did. Jim Jones, they will die for him, and they did. Um, Sirhan Sirhan, uh, uh, fucking... Um, um, 
goddamn who, who's the guy that had the the women committing murders for him has the swastika in his forehead uh charles manson, charles manson yeah all cult you know it's the same thing they, they they tell you to do something you're stupid so you go do it and then you're shocked that there's a penalty to pay for it because well he told me to do it that's the same thing they said about charles manson same thing they said about david koresh same thing they said about jim jones and there's been a few others but those are the ones that you, that you can call out and if donald trump gathered those 30,000 people that were out there waving those Trump flags, waving the American flag, wearing the MAGA hat, wearing the Trump hat. Who, what, what, what other president has ever had that? Nobody. Because Democrats won't do that. And, and the Bible tells you not, not to pay homage to false idols. But he's got a, a fake golden statue down at this CPAC meeting that was made in Mexico, by the way, they traced that. The fucking thing was made in Mexico. It's fake. And people are worshiping this thing. And the and the Bible, which I'm an atheist, by the way, so I don't believe a fucking word that's in there. But if you do believe it, you're a fucking hypocrite. Because the Bible tells you not to pay homage to fake, fake prophets and fake idols. Worship flags. Worship statues. The Bible tells you not to do that. But what do they do? They make the flags, they make the statues, and they worship false prophets, which is what they've made Donald Trump. And there's never been anything like it. Short of Jim Jones, short of David Koresh, short of um, Sirhan Sirhan, short of um, um, Charles Manson. I keep forgetting this fucking name. How do you forget Charles Manson's name? Because I'm old and I forget. Um, and, 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 there's a certain percentage of this population that wants to be told what to do, how to think, and the boogeyman's out to get you. That's basically what the Bible is. The Bible is the boogeyman's out to get you. If you don't do this, do that, do that. Oh, by the way, he's coming, by the way. He's coming and he needs money. So there are many, many reasons why I don't believe anything to do with the Bible. I don't believe in any God. I don't believe in any higher power. I do believe in karma, which my son says is a form of religion. I think you get what you give back. That's why I try to help some Filipino families because no one else is helping them. And that's why I help the homeless here in Louisville. And I'm, I'm far from rich, guys. If I didn't get the donations I get on my show, I could do a tiny fraction of what I do. Uh, and that don't make me better than anyone else. It's just what I choose to do. If you want to pocket all your money and if you want to have billions or millions in your bank account and your neighbors are starving or the people under the bridge are starving, but you would rather keep your millions than to go down and buy some food for those people. I mean, we do it. Um, you know, fuck my, my income. I guarantee it doesn't like $20,000 a year in most years, but we still feed a lot of people. And uh, and donations helps out a lot with that. So that's why I get donations on my show to help me do that, because uh, they're probably 80 percent of what we do is, is from the donations. And like I said, I, it doesn't necessarily make me better than anyone else, but it just baffles me that you can have millions or billions or even trillions of dollars, as we've got a couple of people in the United States that have that, that you could have that much money in your bank account, but you'll let your neighbor starve or you'll drive by an overpass and see 30 people under there that are freezing with no food. You've got millions and billions, but you elect to do nothing and just drive by. Just be thankful you got, oh, well, they're just lazy. They don't work hard enough. You know, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you can work your fucking ass off and you get nothing. So this podcast is taking a way different tone than y'all thought it was going to go, hadn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's all right. Fine with me. All yeah, right. Can we take a bath, um, Q? 
Kenny Boland may make an invasion on K100 soon? Yeah, yeah, I will be on there soon because uh, hopefully uh, Conan's out of the hospital. I heard he was near death not long ago. Uh, he did write me. He wants me to do his music show coming up soon. And, of course, uh, we got to get the Disco on my show because he has to admit to the fans what an idiot he was back in Donald Trump. And he, he'll, he'll do it. He'll do it in his own way, but he'll admit he's wrong, and I was right because that's, well, that's the way it worked out. There are still people today. What is today? It's March the 1st. There's QAnon. Uh, uh, if y'all know a QAnon person, treat them like the walking dead and just put a stake in their forehead and just put them down and put them out of their misery. They're fucking walking zombies. These people are not real. They, they're, they are not to be taken seriously. It's like the walking dead. If you see somebody wearing a QAnon shirt, they're a zombie. Put them down before they infect you. They might bite you and infect you too. So be careful. But, um, where was I going with this QAnon thing? Um, Oh, there, there's uh well, I don't forgot now. It, it'll come to me later, but I was going to talk about QAnon for a minute. The, uh, the, the, these people are something else. They, they goddamn. Oh, now I remember they think on March the 4th. Now here's some of what they believe this is out there. They put this shit out there. They, they think Trump is still really the president and that Biden and Trump had plastic surgery. Now, apparently Trump had some liposuction too, because if you've noticed, Trump is still a fat fuck. If you happen to notice this, uh, him at CPAC, he hadn't lost any weight. Matter of fact, it looked like he gained a little. And then, uh, but there's people that think plastic surgery was done. These QAnon fucks, and they think that Biden is Trump, and that they're going to reverse the surgery on March the fourth. You got to pay attention. To that it's only three days away. On March the fourth. Donald Trump is going to take office back with a military invasion, much like what we saw one of these other countries do. They, I forgot the country, but they had a military invasion and they retook back their presidency through a military invasion. Well, the QAnon fucks say on March the 4th that Donald Trump will be re reestablished as the 19th president of the United States, going back to some law or some fucking thing that happened in 1776. And they claim that it was Andrew Jackson or somebody was the last legit president. He was the 18th president of the United States. And that was in the 1800s, I think. And that Donald Trump is going to come back on March the 4th. This is QAnon. You can Google this shit and read it. That Donald Trump's coming back March the 4th and will be the 19th president of the United States. Because all the other ones weren't real. All the other ones didn't count. These are the fucking people we're dealing with. Now, you in Ireland... Uh, you all got your share of ignorant fucks over there too. I've seen them. Uh, England has got their fair share. They got a lot of the Nazi supporters over there. We see those too. Um, Jersey, I guarantee you, Jersey boy has seen some QAnon people. There's some floating around over there somewhere. They're, they're here in Kentucky, and we got two of them in Congress. We got people in Congress that still think Trump's president. They think they're being stifled. They, they can't speak. They can speak in front of the fucking Congress or the White House any goddamn day of the week, and they got masks on saying censored. Mask on saying Trump won. Well, no, he didn't because he's not in office anymore. He lost by 8 million votes. Shut the fuck up. You know, when we got beat, we had to take Even though we won the pot, when I say we, anybody other than the fucking Republican, um, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by 3 million votes. Didn't matter. She lost the electoral college, was was which was devised to make sure that the racist states count, both counted for more than the other states, the southern states, and and that's why the electoral college was invented 
was to keep people to keep the majority from winning because if everybody gets to vote, if all blacks, all Mexicans, all Latinas, if everybody gets to vote fair and square, no voter suppression, no announcing the change of the fucking voting booth from one day to the next, and they show it, oh, it's closed. It's 20 miles on this side of town if you want to vote and they and they don't have transportation, they can't get there. That's voter suppression. When every vote counts, Republicans will never win again. There's only 27% of the country that's registered Republican anyway. And a vast majority are independent and the rest are Democrats. I think 36, 37% are Democrat. Everybody else is independent. And But if you ever let all the blacks, all the Mexicans, all the Latinas, all the foreigners who are here illegally... And I agree, if you're not here legally, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. Well, name me the dumb fuck who's going to risk going to the polls who are monitored by the police and the military in many cases that are going to risk their status in this country by going down to cast an illegal vote. That's probably not going to change shit. Okay, well, let's, let's say I'm illegal. Yeah, I'm, I'm, here from, I'm here from Brazil. No one's fucking with me. I got a job. I'm working under the table. My life is dramatically better than it was when I was in Brazil. I'm making $2,000 a month. In Brazil, I'd be lucky to make 800 And I'm just giving you scenarios. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go cast a vote down downtown in Jefferson, in Jefferson County, down by the police station, or down by the Baptist church, or wherever the fucking voting poll is. And I'm going to go down, and I'm going to cast an illegal vote Risk the chance of getting caught, being put in jail, tortured for six to eight weeks, and then sent back to the country I came from. Also, I could go cast a vote that's not going to count and probably wouldn't change shit anyway. Who's going to do that? Who is that fucking stupid? Exactly. I didn't think you'd have an answer because nobody's that fucking stupid. Now, there are people who are stupid enough and in most in most of the voter fraud they have found has been from the Republican side. They never tell you that part. They keep telling you we found voter fraud, but it wasn't enough to turn the election. And most of it has been Republican. They don't bother to tell you that part. And they and they also don't tell you that with all the voter fraud they found, and that's from missigned signatures, the envelope wasn't filled out properly, it came in a day late, whatever the fuck. Every one of those combined was not enough to change the election one way or the other. So what stupid fuck is going to go down and cast an illegal vote, risk getting deported? They, they claim that 5 million illegal votes in, in California in 2016. Trump says he didn't lose the popular vote. 5 million of them were illegal votes. Name me the 5 million people that are stupid enough to risk their status in the United States that they'd go down and cast a vote they're not legally obligated to make. Exactly. It's the same look I had when I heard Trump say it. You stupid fuck. And I think they said that the total amount of voter fraud in the United States and voter fraud falls under the category of signature that didn't match. Well, fucking my signature that I signed down at the courthouse today didn't look like anything I signed 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But in the eyes of the law, that would be voter fraud. Your signature didn't match up. Your vote gets thrown out, even though it's my signature. Most of his signature doesn't hold up over 10, 15, or 20 years. It changes. But they could technically throw it out if it's not an exact match. And that's what Republicans want to do because they realize that they can throw out most of the black votes on a technicality. 
or the Mexican votes or the Latina vote. I love talking about this shit because I'm just looking at the look in your eyes like going, God, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this shit, but we're doing it. Um, but no, 5 million fucking illegal immigrants in California alone, just California, went down and voted against Donald Trump. All 5 million of them. Ah, we hate that fucking Trump. Let's risk our status in the United States and go vote him out. Yeah, that's what happened. That is propaganda. So there you go. So tell that stupid fuck that. All right, what else you got? It's 5.04. What time did I get in here? About 3.45, something like that? Yes. Let's do two more questions apiece. And then uh, that way y'all can uh, mercifully end this political bitching show. Sure. Take it away, JP. So... Over all the guys that you manage, I, I, never, I, always, I never managed Donald Trump, by the way. I want to make right. that clear. Yeah. I did meet him three times. He was a douchebag every time. And two of the girls that he sexually assaulted were at the WWE, and I was at one of the shows. The girls talked about it that night on the show, and they were terrified because Vince loved Trump so much. They were terrified they'd get fired. They never came forward until uh, they had left the WWE, and it was evident that they were never going to get to go back. So, yeah, I got to be a part of history for that because I knew about it and couldn't say shit about it because I didn't want to cost the girls their jobs. It was their job to report it, and they didn't do it till it was evident they weren't going to have any more work in the WWE. So, yeah. So, yeah, I've always hated the cocktail. So, go ahead. Of all the guys that you manage, are you surprised of a guy that didn't make it like big? Like Sylvester Turkai is a guy that I'm just like, maybe he didn't have the promo skills, but is there a guy you can think of like that, didn't that, make it? That had a lot to do with it. Uh, Sylvester's work was extremely stiff and people were a little hesitant to work with him and he could whip about any ass, including Brock Lesnar at the time. Uh, I had a bit of a confrontation with Brock Lesnar uh, when he first got here. And he wanted to start some shit with me because he thought I kissed his girlfriend. And it was a, uh, even though I had kissed her on the cheek a hundred times because they'd come over to the house and watch pay-per-views and we'd do chili dogs and shit like that and watch pay-per-views or order barbecue from bootleg barbecue, whatever. And they, they'd sponsor the thing. And so I'd kissed this woman on the cheek probably 20 times in front of him if I kissed her once. Uh, every time they'd leave the house, I'd give her a kiss on the cheek. So she held her arms out to hug me at a show that we did at a boys club. And um, Brock walked in. He says, get your hands off my girlfriend, you son of a bitch. Well, I thought he was cutting a promo for some of the fans that were hanging around. I said, like, oh, no, brother. No, I wouldn't touch her. No, not me. So I'm just playing along like, no, I wouldn't touch your girlfriend. And then he says, he says, get your fucking hands off from her, man. He says, don't you ever fucking touch my girlfriend again. I said, what the fuck's the matter with you? I said, Brock, I didn't fucking touch her. I said, and plus I've kissed her in front of you fucking 20 times. Yeah, you ain't never going to fucking do it again. Don't you ever fucking touch her again. I said, what's your fucking problem? And he was all roided up, you know, no doubt. And uh, so I kept saying, I said, what is the matter with you? So his girlfriend says, Brock, he didn't touch me. He said he did the Hollywood kiss where he put his arms around me and he kissed the air. He never touched me. Brock looks at her and says, you shut up, bitch. You know better. Well, that was the end of that deal. Uh, that, that, that relationship didn't last many days after that. And uh, he faced me and he got mad that I didn't go down and kept stepping up on me. So Chris ran down to the locker room and got turkeys his days as slice as rocks up her starting shit with dad. He thinks dad kissed his fucking girlfriend. Sly comes running up, comes up there. He says, Brock, he said, what's the problem? He says, you want to fight somebody? He says, uh, I'm a little bigger than Kenny. I says, I, I think I'm more your size. If you want to fight somebody, fight me. He says, leave Kenny, Kenny leave Kenny alone. 
And then Brock turned and walked away. We, we, and that's that's my hand to God or whatever it is you believe in. He he we walked away from Sly Turkey. Sly was a bad motherfucker. And uh didn't look for no shit with anybody. But if you started shit with him, he'd give it to you in a heartbeat. Uh he wasn't walking away from anybody. Uh as a matter of fact, he would walk away. I mean, when people would Mark Henry tried to fuck with him one night until he finally stood up on Mark and Mark said, Holy shit, I might have fucked up. Mark's the world's fucking strongest man, tough son of a bitch. Mark Henry decided he didn't want anything to do with Sly Turkey on that particular night. I don't know if it had been that way every night. And and plus, Mark wasn't mad, you know. And neither was Sly until Mark kept fucking with him. And then Mark stood up on him. And he, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sly Turkey stood up on Mark. And, you know, Sly's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, you know, Henry's, what, 6'2", I guess, maybe 6'3". But, but Turkey had some size on him. Had, Turkey might have been 6'6". Six, six. He's a big guy. And... Uh, now, Sly was as tough as they get, and, and Lesnar and Henry both, and I managed Henry, both of them walked away from confrontations with Sly Turkey. He, he was he was a bad motherfucker. Uh, but but Sly was not a great worker. It took me a while to realize that, because I cried when he got cut from WWE. I cried like a baby, because I knew how much he wanted it. I knew how bad he wanted the job, and because uh, and obviously he used the money. And uh, I cried, uh, but it took me a while to realize he wasn't up for what they wanted him to do. The promo skills were not there. Uh, didn't they put him with uh, Elijah Burke or somebody like that for a while? Yep. yep. And, and Elijah's a good promo. And uh, so they pro- probably would have been good together, but, but they didn't really like being with him. Um, the, the, There's a lot of things about that he wasn't thrilled with. And um, and I think that led to him being released because he, he kind of wanted to be on his own. He, he, he didn't really want to be in tag teams or have anybody doing his talking for him. So uh, he would be one. Um, but I understand why in retrospect. I didn't understand at the time. Uh, Vince McMahon didn't want Cena. He thought Cena was worthless. Didn't get it. And uh, Rico got cut. And then we, me and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Danny Davis and Jim Cornette uh, had a meeting with Stephanie McMahon. And said, hey, if you're cutting him, you know, you're paying him for the next 90 days. And Steve Austin was the first to say, put him on the roster. I've worked with him. This guy's good. This guy's got something special. Let him work with us for 90 days. And if you still don't want him after 90 days, let him go. He's like, I'm telling you, this guy can be on our show. He's a great addition to the show. And Steve was right. And Rico was up there for about five more years. And uh, then the controversy happened over a misunderstanding. And uh, Rico um, asked for a raise, and they elected not to give it to him, so Rico left. So, Do you still talk to Rico today? Oh, yeah, every, uh, practically every day. You know, he's uh, he co-hosts a lot of my shows with me, and, and uh, we he, he's been a, a bit down recently. He's had some tragedy in his family. He lost his father recently and, and um, had a bad motorcycle accident and fucked up some of his ribs, and uh, plus he was trying to uh, save his pension. Uh, through getting another police job for the last few years he can work before his pension is due. So he's dealing with a lot of shit right now. So I don't seem to hear from him as much as I was, but shit, he was doing my shows every, every Tuesday and every Thursday night. DKO, what do you got? Kenny, I wanted to ask, uh, you said that you met Donald Trump uh, backstage. Yeah. What were you talking about or what was he talking about? I'm just curious. Well, Meeting him and talking with him, or two, I, I never liked him because I'd already knew his history before he ever got to me. I already knew people who knew him. 
and it was i was introduced to him and i just looked at him and and uh he he's a germaphobe anyway he didn't hold out his hand i didn't hold out mine but uh, to say i met him he, he was on three shows that i was on so we would interact backstage when necessary uh not like we sat down and we're old buddies and talk politics or or uh fake wines or fake steaks or fake universities uh, that he fucked people out of money or anything like that. As a matter of fact, he can't even, he can't even have uh, the, his whole family. They can't do fundraisers anymore because they stole from their own charity and bought a picture of Donald Trump so that they would make people think that somebody paid like $2 million for this picture. And it was Trump bought his own picture with charity money. And that's why they can't have charities anymore. And in, in, at least in New York, uh, whether that ex expands to other states or not, I don't know. But in the state of New York, none of the Trumps can be involved in any charity work because they stole from their own charity. So Trump could have a, a picture and it, it might have not been two million dollars, but it was a shitload of money. And they stole from the charity to buy it with. Didn't even use their so-called own money. This multi-billionaire. So he's just a piece of shit fucking liar that ain't got dick. And we're about to find out a lot more of that real soon. Love it when y'all lead me down the road to Trump. I always love that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to know. That's all right. So why don't we make the why don't we make the last question go to John, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Wait, I was the I took two. So I was going to give DKL the last. Oh one. well, go ahead. Yeah. What you got, Kenny? What did you think of the role that John Cena played as you know the hustle, loyalty, respect? you know, the, the funny shirts, et cetera, et cetera. Do you, it, it was good for him. It was good for him. There's a lot of people couldn't have pulled that off, but I think with him that it, that it worked. Uh, he's a, a great heel. He was a great heel with us. Uh, the only thing he did wrong was trying to do too much comedy on me. He wanted to tell the fat jokes and buffet jokes and not enough room for you on the airplane. You know, the seats are too narrow. He was always ribbing on me to get a laugh from the fans. He didn't understand that the more loyalty he showed to me and love he showed me, the more heat he would get. So he could have had a lot more heat than he got. But, you know, it, it was entertainment and it was what it was. But Rico knew how to use me. Rico knew I was an atheist. Rico's a diehard. You know, he, he's a he's a total Bible thumper and believes uh, through the day. You know, he's, he's, he's all in on God. And so he would go pray in the corner. And then I would go over and pray with him, but everybody knowing I'm an atheist. And then he would hug me and call me dad and all that shit. So Rico knew how to use me. Um, Sly Turkey, Mark Henry, all those guys knew how to use me. Cena wanted to have, he wanted to do the comedy. And uh, so even though it was okay for the show, gave the fans something to laugh at, he could have gotten way more heat had he known exactly how to use me. But he did tell some German reporters once they asked him who he learned the most about wrestling from. Was it Danny Davis or Jimmy Cornette? You know, because, because Jimmy's only there for television and goes to the house shows that he thinks are going to draw a crowd. Jimmy, um, it's not like he's getting in the car with the guys and riding up and down the road. Jimmy drives by himself and uh, him and Stacy. And uh, normally no one else rode with them unless they were bringing one of the rats with them or something. Uh, but... Jimmy didn't interact with the guys. Well, I took two or three wrestlers with me on every trip. I mean, I might have Mike Wando. I might have Nick Nemeth. Might have Sly Turkey. Might have Rico. Uh, Cena on a couple of occasions. Um, you know, normally if I'm going to a town, I've got two or three, maybe even four wrestlers with me. Three in the back seat, one in the front. 
And, uh, and we learn that way, you know, we, we come up with ideas, we come up with angles, uh, we come up with what we want to do. I mean, that's how we got Rico to turn heel. Jimmy didn't want him to be a heel. Didn't think he could do it. He was a top baby face. I said, well, he can also be the top heel if you let him. I said, we've talked this out. We know it'll work. So I had to beg Jimmy for about three or four weeks to do it because Rico really wanted to do it. It was when he was injured and was coming back. And the story was going to be, well, Bolin's the only one to fucking come to see me in the hospital. Bolin's the only one to fucking sent me a get well card. Bolin's the only one to give me a phone call. Where were you at, Jimmy? Where were you at, Danny Davis? Where was Dean Hill? None of you fucking called me. You know, this is the guy that fucking cared about me. I love you, dad, you know, whatever. And uh, so we, we, we got the okay to do it. He said, if it doesn't work, he comes back to me in six weeks. That's a deal. I said, I will have him the top heel in the, co in, in the company in six weeks. And Rico was very appreciative. And uh, after week three, Jimmy called me. He said, yep, he's yours. Y'all got this. I was wrong. He'd never say that in public, you know, because Jimmy don't like ever saying he was wrong, but uh, he was wrong on that one. And we were right. And Rico will tell you that too. Gladly, he will tell you, because he knew, he knew without me, we weren't going to get that done. Because Jimmy shit all over it. But Jimmy shit all over Johnny Nitro. He didn't think Johnny Nitro was going to make it. He didn't think Paul London was going to make it. Various others. But, but uh, Jim, Jimmy, like Donald Trump, always has a story as to why he wasn't wrong. There's always another version of it. Well, I didn't factor in. Well, this happened and it changed everything. I'll just tell you when I'm wrong, you know. And if it ever happens, I'll tell you. So. <laughs> All right. I think that's a great closer and a great time to wrap it up and head towards Kenny the plug. Kenny Bowen, if he ever is wrong, he'll tell you. Yes. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out my website, tmptempire.com. DKO, what do you got for plugs? You can catch me on Twitter at Derek O'Reilly13, and you can catch me on Twitch at DKO1988. Buy my book, bitches. Uh, been out four years now. I probably screwed you too. The Mostly True Stories of Kenny Starmaker Bowling. You can get it on Amazon. Non-autographed, I think, for 14 or 15 bucks, or you can order it from me, from me signed and delivered to your doorstep for $23.95. Just write my inbox, tell me you want a signed copy of the book. I normally send a little signed picture as a bookmark with it that you can use as a bookmark. Plus, I sign the book for you personalized. Just tell me what you want in it. We'll take care of it. And uh, other than that, I don't sell a whole hell of a lot these days. Oh, I do have a merchandise store. It's called Bed Bath & Bowling. The link to it, I'm sure, is on my Facebook page. It's on my Twitter page. And it's called Bed, Bath, and Bowling. And I probably have the largest merchandise store in the country. Hundreds of T-shirts, masks, uh, fanny packs even for you idiots that still wear those. Um, pants, hoodies, shirts, whatever. I mean, you name it, it's in there. Hundreds of different Bowling logos uh, that J.J. Arwood puts together. So don't miss out on Bed, Bath, and Bowling. Um, place your orders. Uh, shipping is reasonable. I think it's three ninety nine, something like that. Not bad. And uh, go check out Bed Bath and Bowling. If you need the link, write me and I'll send it to you. There's a uh, top ten merchandise section to where if you want to see the top ten items that are selling and you want to get in on what's hot, you can do that. Or you can just scroll through and find something because JJ loves making new shit about every week and. There's literally probably a hundred different logos of, of, of Bolin and Bolin services and various different things that we've done. And and I think me kicking Trump in the ass, that's on a T-shirt and all kinds of shit. So check out Bed, Bath, and Bolin. If you need the link, write me on Twitter at, at Starmaker Bolin, which you see right there on the screen. 
On Facebook, it's forward slash StarMakerBolin. And on Instagram, it is StarMakerBolin. You can find me on any of those three at about any given time. And I normally answer every single fan that writes me that's halfway respectful. And if you're not respectful, I block you like I do everybody else. Nice. Great stuff, as always, from the Star Maker. Thank All you, everybody. Right. That's what for, I do. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and joining us. And we'll see oh, you Oh, by the way, time. by the way, oh. fuck Donald Trump in case I didn't get that in anywhere along the <laughs> Thank you uh, again, Mr. Bowen. Appreciate it. Thank you, DKO. And we'll see everybody next time. I said good day. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.